The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. You guys have really just, uh, especially on the video platforms and the YouTube uh, channel, just want to give a special shout-out to you guys. You have really made this week uh, work really well. A lot of views on the videos. We appreciate that very, very much. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, you guys at Radio State Talk Radio, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com, and there you can scroll down right on the right, and we're going live there. You can uh, watch us right there on the website. Also, you can catch that live video feed at my Twitter account, FPPTim, on Twitter. Periscope and Twitch is also broadcasting us at Setting Brush Fires. Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. We're going live there as well. YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. We're on the front page of BeforeIt'sNews.com and also on DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. In fact, if we get punted off of a lot of things, DLive is probably going to be pretty much the default uh, because there is no censorship whatsoever over there, and we appreciate all our friends over there at DLive as well. And then if you're looking for our articles, obviously, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, but if you're on other social media outlets like Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.Live, check us out at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. And if you'd like to call in at any time, the phone lines are open. Please stick to the topic, okay? No Chinese buffet. Stick to the topic. 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now, just to let you know before I bring my guest on, you guys remember we had Sean Argall of Sean Speaks off of YouTube for four shows in which we just we didn't we didn't make accusations what we what we did was we put out tweets we put out instagram photos we put out uh emails we put out images that were put out by certain people in power in DC on the issue of pizzagate that's all we did and we said there really needs to be a serious investigation in that well everything was fine up until 2 days ago well let me change that the day after we did the show, they pulled the last video. They left the other ones, but they pulled the last video without an explanation off the Sons of Liberty YouTube. They didn't give us a strike or anything. 
Then, as you know, we were using the Setting Brush Fires YouTube channel to have sort of a mirror like a backup because sometimes they'll pull it off one and not off the other, or sometimes they pull it off of both. They pulled it off of the Setting Brush Fires YouTube channel, and they gave me a strike calling it cyberbullying. Now, if you remember, we were talking about James Alafontis, the guy who owns Comet Pizza, and we were talking about Marina Abramovic. And, and all we did was take images that they had, things that they had stated, and then showed how they were tied together. That's all we did. We didn't call anybody to go after them or any of this. We called for an investigation, obviously. But as far as any kind of harm to them, bullying of them, no, that wasn't done. And so appeal has been put into there. Now, with that said, those videos have been removed from there. They're still on Facebook. Um, I believe they're still archived because it's only for a short time that DLive archives them. They're on there. They're definitely on my Periscope account. And they are in some other places as well. I know some people download them. That's fine. So Kate Shimarani, our health and wellness expert on Saturday, said, you need to get this guy on. And his name is Lee Garrett. He was an independent candidate in Bladen in the UK Parliament elections. He is a father. He's a husband. He's also a pedophile hunter. And what I mean is he's not like some people. He goes and seeks to be, um, you know, bring justice himself. What he does is he goes and finds these people and helps bring them to justice. And uh, with that said, I want to welcome to the show, Lee Garrett. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Tim. You all right, mate? Uh, yeah. It's nice to see everyone. And uh, I just want to give a little shout out to Sean uh, Argal, anyway, on the research that he's done on, um, before I move on to myself, on the research he's done on uh, Pizzagate is absolutely phenomenal. Now, Sean's done more of a, I get on really well with Sean. He does more research in the background. I do more hands-on stuff yep. and actually taking action on stuff. So, uh, yeah, good morning, Tim. Good morning, everyone else. Yeah, this is the great thing, and this is what I tell people. There are, you know, when you have a military, when you have a police force, when you have whatever you set together, when you, even when you're in church, everybody has different gifts and they have different responsibilities. So sometimes you have people who do, you know, the information research, and then you've got the guys who go and execute that. Uh, we have it in yeah. our government. We have Congress that is supposed to write laws that are very limited, and then you have those laws executed by the executive branch. And so this is that's a great way to put things is that one guy's out there giving the information and you're taking it and running with it and actually executing it so that you see it through that it's not just uh, information that's given. Uh, we like to say that we're not we're taking talk radio and turning it into do radio. We're giving the information so that people can act upon it. Not so they can fear, but so they can act upon it. And so I appreciate you putting it that way. Now, what's interesting is you and I had a conversation a little bit last night, and I want you to kind of introduce yourself. I give you kind of a simple, a simplistic kind of introduction. Introduce yourself to the people here in the States. And I know there's some people in the Netherlands and the UK. We've got all people from all over. Tell people a little bit more about yourself. Tell them who Lee Garrett is. Uh, you've got a website called LeeGarrett-TheTruth.com that people can check out. And we're going to have all of this stuff that we're talking about on the website in the archives later this morning. But tell people a little bit more about yourself before we get into some specifics about what's going on with you. So I'll start right back from the start. Um, growing up as a young lad, I was always a very articulate sort of kid I was always uh, I didn't fit in well with crowds and I was I always knew there was something not right I just couldn't put a finger on it but going through my teenage life um 
later on in my teenage life, I started taking drugs and drinking and what have you. And my life spiraled a little bit out of control. I was sleeping on the streets uh, from time to time, um, just for weeks and weeks there. Um, and I just basically, it was my own fault. There was nothing that bad happened in my past or anything. It was just basically, I just couldn't, like in school years, teachers trying to tell us what to do and about history. I've never been a one to just be told, this is the way it is, that's it, and you've got to deal with it. I always liked to research and look into things. And obviously, you know, the school systems, they don't really like people doing that. They like just being told what to do. That's the information, do as you're told. So I was always getting kicked out of school for not basically adhering to the uh, the rules, basically. Um, on from that, I uh, started sorting myself out. And throughout school, I was uh, with a girl named Zoe. Now, I left school and she left us because obviously we me taking drugs and drinking, whatever you, my life being a mess. And it wasn't until many years later, about 20, 2021, 2021 I was actually, yeah, um, where obviously throughout that time I was just, my life was out of control. It was just, I was taking drugs, drinking, doing loads of stupid things. And then um, when I was 21, I bumped into in, in a pub. I bumped into Zoe again, my old girlfriend from when I was younger. First of a girl I kissed, first girl I lost my virginity with. Um, and it's the wife who I'm with now of them went on from that night to say I get married to her and we've got two kids. Um, so... My life sort of went like a little bit, uh, at the start, it was a little bit spirally out of control. I didn't know where I was at. I didn't know where I was heading. And when I got back with Zoe, I sort of started looking into things and seeing what was going on and the extent of stuff that was happening. And that's where it all started. I started looking into paedophilia just on a small scale of what's going on. It's basically just sharing the paedophile hunters' uh, stings and stuff and helping them out. Trying to do, I had, uh, I was doing carpet cleaning at the time. I was like raising funds to doing like donation things to donate money to the paedophile hunters just to help them out. Was, I really felt like it was something that was uh, hard up. I wanted to do something about it. And on from then, I started doing paedophile hunting. I was doing that for roughly a year. Um, and I, I still help out now doing stuff behind the scenes for them. But um, I, I was with Guardians of the North for roughly about that period of time. And that's where it led us into what exactly is going on in this country, well, what's going on worldwide, to be fair, and the extent of how bad it actually was. And that's what led me onto my journey, Tim. So um, I want to move on from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, that we talked about was you began to, you, you've obviously started your family, um, you've got two young kids and stuff, and, and then you're working within your community to bring about some good. And part of that is in more or less hunting down pedophiles. I mean, you're, you're tracking them. You're, you're trying to bring them to justice. Can you tell people how you got into that? And then, then we'll start talking about some of maybe if you want to mention some specific cases and things of this nature. So people have an idea of what you did and how you did it. And then the targeting of you that's happened and it continues to happen. Let's, let's go down that road a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, when I first, how I first got into it, like I was just stating before there, I was doing a little bit of helping out for the paedophile hunting teams. I felt strong about it. So I was raising money for them and doing little things just to try and get them around for their travels and food, etc. way they're out. Because so, people don't understand the actual extent of how much these paedophile hunters put their self out. I mean, it's not just the case of going online, but making an account and then going and catching the paedophile. 
sometimes you, they're having a run around with you. You can't find the right address. You're trying to find out. And obviously, you can't just go knocking on any address. You've got to have a 100% confirmation that that person's in the house. You've got to watch out for family members, there's children in the house, if there's anything going on. That's for going to door knocking around the country. Um, but that aspect of it just alone is very difficult because, you know, you could be sitting, living out your car for three days, you know, sitting waiting for this, waiting for this one guy. Um, so it's not just a case of just basically putting this online and doing this. And I know a lot of people say that they're like glory hunters. Well, I don't see any of them as glory hunters because the extent of what they've got to go through is absolutely unbelievable. So how I got into it was um, obviously I was raising money for them. And then they asked us once if I wanted to come along to one of the court cases. I then went along to one of the court cases, sitting down with them. And after that, they asked us if I wanted to come out and start helping them. So I started helping out, started just turning up on a couple of stings, and then that got me into decoying. Now, that itself is not something that I like doing, decoying, sitting behind the scenes on the platforms and um, talking about them. I have done it. I don't like doing it. it. Anyone that's sitting decoying on the computer and pretending to be a child and luring them, well, not luring them, and um, sort of, what, what should I say, putting the offer out there that there's a child there for this predator to actually uh, take upon and act upon um, is the most difficult job in the world. I mean, just me doing it for about a year that I was doing that decoying, um, it absolutely warped my mind. The things that I've seen, the pictures that I got sent, it was absolutely unbelievable. Some to the extent of, um, like, a man will send the child a picture of a beaten-up child and say, you must do as you're told, or this is going to happen to you. Um, there was other wow. cases where we went and um, where there was a gay couple, of one of them, is living up Darris Hall. Now, Darris Hall is where Newcastle United football players, so the professional football players up here, where they live. So big, massive houses, mansions, and there's this gay couple there. So I'm looking at them, I'm thinking to some of them, why would you do it? You know, he's got everything on it. He's obviously a gay man. He had his partner there, another gay man. He had a lovely big house, businessmen, had everything going in their life for them. And then what they wanted to do was, was get a child around to do the housework, to pay them to do the housework and stuff, and to share a bed with his partner on a night time. And you just think to yourself, like, what is going through these houses, like through their heads of of these monsters that, and, and like we were touching on last night, Tim, um, I know there's people, a lot, of, a lot of people going about satanic ritual abuse and people say it does exist, people say it doesn't. Well, in my eyes, every single form of sexual abuse is satanic sexual abuse. Amen. Because there's no man that stands under God would do anything to harm a child. All of this harm to children no matter what aspect you're looking at it from, any harm to children is the work of Satan. That is a matter of fact. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, part of the issue is, is that we bring it up oftentimes, and we talked about it yesterday, and that is, is that even in the Bible, you don't see that. You, you see uh, sodomy addressed. And, you know, the whole point of what we pointed out with the militants on, I, I get that there are some people who just want to live their lives in quiet and peace and they don't go out and try to push their agenda uh, on sodomy. It's, it's still a crime. Okay, it's a crime in every state of our union uh, that's just not being enforced. Our founding fathers would put people to death or put them at hard labor for, you know, number of years if they were engaged in that. And it was called the, um, the crime against nature. 
And one of the issues that, that always comes up is if you're going to go against nature in the area of two men or two women, then when you start bringing children into that, and you talked uh, talked about just how it affected you just to see some of the stuff or read some of the stuff that these people were putting out, what do you think is going on? They are so detached from reality, and they have a lust, I think, that heterosexual people have and no idea of what's going on. And they are targeting children. That's why they want to indoctrinate the schools to say this is okay. Well, children have no business knowing about that anyway. The basic biology of how the body works and how procreation is fine as they get older, but even that shouldn't be gratuitous. So I, I get what you're saying. The the thing though is, you know, Jesus addressed harm causing the little ones to stumble. And the term he used even in that was the issue of uh, he used a Greek term called brephos, and the the idea was those who were born and unborn, infants and and those who were who were still in the womb. You don't cause them to stumble. And he said, if you do, it's better that you take a millstone, you tie it around your neck, and you throw yourself into the sea. And you know what? I think we'd start dealing with a lot of these people a lot more seriously, and it would eliminate a lot of it because some people would fear God and fear of the punishment, if we started getting some millstones, tying around some people's necks who were found guilty of this stuff, and tossing them in the sea and dealing with them that way. So, okay, yeah. so you, you've you set up, you've done pretty much the whole gamut of what that is, and you've explained some of that. What's what's? Can you talk about some of the stories that you've engaged in where you've dealt with some of these people and you've actually seen them at least brought to where they're found guilty? I'm not going to say they got justice because if they got put in prison... I, I tell people I don't think it's justice. The victims, their families, everybody else has got to pay to keep them up for however long they're in that little dog cage w- that they're put in. Can you tell people some of the stories that you've dealt with? Yeah. Um, so I just want to touch on first on what you were saying there about the uh, about prison not even being justice. Well, unfortunately here in the UK, prison is a mass uh, – and I agree with you by that – but prison is a mass justice just for the reason being – that most of these predators that get caught, because of in the situation of there wasn't actually a real child involved, although they didn't know that, so the paedophile, the predator, did not know that that wasn't a real child, so he had all intentions on coming to rape a child. Just because the child doesn't actually exist, most of the cases are getting suspended sentences. So these men can portray it to try and um, to state that they want to rape a 12-year-old girl. I've had many occasions where this has happened, where we've went round and we've had a bit right run round around the country, around different parts of the Northeast, and eventually catch up with them. And most of them, I always say, it's always in the eyes. If you look at all of these paedophile, uh, these paedophiles that get caught, look in their eyes, look at all of them. They've all got that, like, it's like they're distressed. It's like that. They're not here. They're like you were just saying before, they're on another, they're living on another, in another world than us. They're not living in our reality. And out in 95% of these people, 100%, uh, 95% of these people, um, nigh on 100% of them, are really badly, they, they, like they're suffering from some sort of mental illness where it's not just like they're sitting on the internet and they get a little sexual urge. This is something that's in their minds constantly when they're seeing children, when they're looking at children. So some of the cases that's going on, you know, there's no excuse, like you've just seen before there, prison isn't going to solve anything. That is in their mind. It's in their imagination. It's going to stay there. There's no way you can clear that. Um, Now, putting them in prison is going to just, all it's going to do is stall them. 
That's all it's going to do. If once it's in the mind and it's in there, that's it. And it's all to do with um, brainwashing of acceptance of and starting to accept sexualization in the schools. They're starting to accept these LGBT stuff and starting to accept more of the pedosexual people to come forward. They're okay because they haven't actually went through with it. Well, neither have actually the paedophiles that are getting caught up all the paedophile hunters. They haven't actually abused a child, not that we know of. Uh, well, some of them actually have, but the ones that you actually catch, they haven't. They've just went to go and meet a child that they believe to be a child, so they haven't actually harmed. So them just because you've got it in your head that you want to rape a child and you want and you go ahead with that, that that's you shouldn't get punished for it. I mean, that is unbelievable to me. So I'll just go on about a couple of cases. And um, I was just saying about that one about the gay couple. That was a a, a harsh um case. And I just want to touch on that one because that was one that really it really hurt us in the stomach. And I actually doubted myself on am I doing the right thing here? And this is the kind of thing that I'm bear in mind, I'm there to catch a paedophile. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, am I actually doing the right thing here? Because what went on was it was in the middle of the night, late at night, and these guys had had um, surrogate twins. Um, now, so there was two babies in the house, two twins. And when this guy got arrested, his partner, the police came, they looked through the devices and they realized that his partner was in the chats also. So they had to arrest the partner. Now, we didn't know whether the guy had just mentioned his partner and the partner was certainly innocent. This guy could be a completely innocent man in his house. His partner could have pulled wool over his eyes also. But what happened was with them two getting arrested, social services had to come and remove the children. And that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do to watch because of something that I had put forward for the police to do. And I had to watch social services rip them two babies who weren't even a year old, ripped their babies out of bed and watched them scream, getting dragged out in the rain to the car. And, you know, and on from that, that's so hard just to get on with and just go move on from, you know, just to watch their babies. What's going to happen to them from there? Are they going to get into social care? We all know the social care system is ruined anyway. Yep. Generally, a, ma a mass percentage of children that are in social care end up being abused in care while yes. they're in care. So... I'm thinking to myself, then, have I just then made them children get put into social care? Are them going to then go on to get abused? You know, like, and all these things are going through your head. Um, but what you've got to do is you've just got to forget about it and move on because the next day you've got someone else to go and catch. Yeah. And there's another children at home, you know. So it's these sort of things that people don't see behind the scenes work that all of these, these pedophile hunters, and like I say, I've sort of backed away from it the last year. Um, I still do help behind the scenes with a couple of different teams around the country, but I have stepped away from it, and I just want to give another hats off to every single person that is out there doing this now because I've been in amongst it heavily and I've seen the extent of what it is, and it takes a massive, massive pair of balls to actually get out there and do this, and it takes a, a mind that you can shut off from also to, to go on and do this. Another guy, um, I mean, I wasn't Lee, here on Lee, this one. Let, let, me, let me interrupt you just a second. Uh, we've got a caller online, and, and I don't know if they have a, a comment or a question. Caller, are you there, John? Uh, yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Tim, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I just I was listening to your, your cast, and I can totally appreciate the. I guess a lack of gumption, if you will, to deal with these uh, 
evil uh, people. I'm trying to be polite. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you listened to my my incoming, but um, I was just reaching out. I'd have no problem um, perpetrating whatever I needed to do to to bait some of these um, <laughs> individuals. Yeah, well, I think I think that's that's what Lee says is that although it takes a toll on him, even physically uh, and mentally at times where he's done things, I don't want to put words in Lee's mouth, but I think that's what he's communicating. It makes him sick to his stomach yeah. to have to do it. But it's like I have to uh, sometimes people have to go to war and that's not a nice thing. I've, I've interviewed guys who've been in war and they don't like what they have to do, but they do it because they know they're defending and protecting somebody else. Uh, and, and it's not about this. It's not about this one person in front of them as much as it is defending and protecting those who are the innocent. Right. Right. Okay. Is that all you got to say? Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm, I'm not on some vindictive mission. But sure. Like it, it just. I don't even know how to describe how repulsed I I get when I get into the subject and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just kind of reaching out, buddy. Like, I mean, I, you know, uh, it's not a fun job, obviously, but like, um, you know, I, I mentioned in my comment, like, I don't have any kids. I've been married, Tim. I'm not, you know, a weirdo. Just, you know, I'm in my 50s. Life didn't kind of pan the way that I expected or whatever. And so that being said, all I meant by that was like, you know, I'm not emotionally attached to like a daughter or a son or whatever to make me probably a little more uh symptomatic of you know really really losing my cool like when it came to looking at some of this stuff or whatever hmm. i mean i got nieces and nephews i'm not a monster you know or, or a weirdo or whatever but i mean i'm a little bit removed is all i meant like and yeah yeah, well, I, yeah. I really understand that because i think that before i got into all of this i mean like i say i was looking into it but once i had my children it was all different everything changed my whole mindset changed i mean someone said it was the other day and um, when you have children what one thing you can't do is let it change your whole life mm. well it's anyone that unfortunately people that say that have not got children because once you do have children, you know yourself, Tim, from that moment your child is born, when you hold that child yep. in your arms, your whole life changes that specific moment. Yep. Everything changes. Your, your thought process, your mind process, everything changes. And I think that, obviously, my kids are safe back home here, um, ish in any way. It's more of the establishment that uh, my kids are under threat. But the fact of, um, of what you're saying there, mate, it's really... Uh, I really feel like if you got into all of this stuff, you would, you you could find that that heart for it, you know, because it comes to you and you want to see it. it. It's just so revolting and it's so deep that people cannot understand, and it's so hard to even get your head around it, you know. So, yeah, John, you got anything? Yeah, else you want and to that, add? well, that's that's kind of what I was, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to break this stuff down to like the hierarchy of disgusting but like i mean when i was a teenager or whatever i mean my first love high school you know she's probably 14 well she was 14 when i met her and then you know lukewarm christian whatever you know we, we you know got intimate when she was 15 or whatever but i'm not drawing lines on like what's gross and what's not all i'm saying is like you know i mean 
a girl that's fully developed at 15, still disgusting, do not get me wrong, but that there's the super extra disgusting that like go to like God knows what age, you know, of like, it's all gross. I'm not trying to draw lines, but I'm saying like, I get what you're well, saying. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 put it like this, John, so we can get on the interview. And I appreciate your call. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and let you go. Thank you for calling, John. We appreciate you, man. Thank uh, you, John. Okay, Tim, man, I didn't yeah. I didn't mean to ramble, but no, that's fine. Thanks for your time, brother. I, I, if I can help, let me know. I'd, I'd love to help. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, John. We appreciate you, man. All right. There goes, there goes John. Uh, I, I think I, you know, I get what he's saying there there. And when you and I talked about this before, we're using the term pedophile sometimes and pedo. see I'm Presbyterian. So we would have pedo baptism. Then that means you you're baptizing infants. You're, you're dealing with, with chil- real children. You're dealing with children who are prepubescent. Now the reason for puberty is to, you're growing into an adult. And the whole idea behind puberty is so you can procreate. God has put it that way. Look, let's be honest, folks. You go back, all scholars will agree that the Virgin Mary was probably 14, 15, 16 years old when she conceived and when she was betrothed to Joseph. That was a common thing. If you go back 80 years, you know, maybe even less than that, 80 years in this country, and I'm sure it was the same in the UK, uh, you had people marrying in their mid-teens, 14, 15, 16 years old. They, but, they were, but here's the difference. They were mature in their minds as they were mature in their bodies. And that's what we've lost. The body is growing. The minds have become immature. And so you were talking about your children. Look, for a lot of us, the mind begins, if it hasn't matured, it matures when you get married because you realize I got a responsibility as a man. You have a responsibility to care for another person, your wife. And then as you have children, you're right. There's almost this spiritual thing when you're when your child is born that uh, it you know it grabs hold of your heart. You want to do those things. You want to take care of take care of them in a way. But <clears throat> I wanted to make one comment, and then I'm going to let you pick up with your other other story that you've got because we need to get on to the the targeting of you that's happening as well, and how people maybe yeah. can help you in that. You said you looked in their eyes. It's almost like they're not there. There, there's a mental illness, and we've said that all along. But you know, you didn't even quote the scripture. But the scripture speaks about that. Romans one eighteen and following says this: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. So anybody that tells me they're an atheist, they're just lying. They deceive themselves. They know there's a God. They just don't want to honor him as God. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And it says, wherefore, because they've done this, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart to dishonor their bodies between themselves. And what what's the example of that? Well, he goes on and he says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile, <clears throat> excuse me, vile affections for even their women 
did change the natural use into that which is against nature. In other words, they were they were going and being with women. And then verse 26 says, for this cause, excuse me, verse 27 says, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And why? Well, this is, when we when we come to issues like this, people say, oh, you just want, you're just hate uh, sodomites. You just hate lesbians. No, I don't hate them. I'm pointing out what the result of their rejection of God is. And some of them say, oh, I love God and this, that, and the other. Wait a minute. Paul's whole point is the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It comes to people to change them. It's to turn them yeah. from their sin. Not to, not, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a threat, obviously, of punishment, but it is to turn them from their sin because he goes on and he talks about all kinds of other things that people are engaged in, and righteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, uh, unmerciful, who know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so <clears throat> I see it from the biblical perspective and then we go to our laws, at least here in the United States that I know of, and I'm pretty sure over in the UK it was, that we apply the laws to this behavior. It's not something you're born, well, it is, you're born with a sin nature. Uh, but the point is, is that you engage in behavior. A lot of us, we can, we may want to go and kill somebody. We may have that urge, but we restrain ourselves. The law re- helps restrain us, and so does the Spirit of God for the believer. So I just wanted to throw that in there from what you said a, a little while ago and, uh, and let, yeah, you, yeah, let you yeah, add on yeah. that until your, till the rest of your story here. Yeah, so, um, so on from that, do we want to move on to um, what's happened to us? Should we move on to that or – yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, you, you've given some of what you've done, so I think people got a good idea of, of what you do in the pedophile hunting area. What's, fact, what's happened? You put on the videos up. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I couldn't get the video off of the... Um, right, off Telegram, right. No problem. Off the Sorry. Telegram, but what, I, what I'm going to do is I'll download it, and I'll, yeah. I'll put those two videos up so people can see them, uh, of you, the vi- two videos you sent me. They'll be up in the archive later this morning, and I'll send you a link to that one once we're done with the show. Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, obviously, it all started when I was doing pedophile hunting. I'm just getting to all of the uh, hassle that I have had to put up with now. Um, I started with pedophile hunting. I started getting trolled online. I started getting police turning up at my door for minor things. And it extended from there to where I started talking about more high-end pedophiles like police officers, um, council officials, MPs, members of parliament, um, and so on. So like elite pedophile rings instead of more doing the pedophile hunting side of it. And what happened from there is I've had numerous, numerous police turn up at my door, numerous arrests. I've got four court cases on, on going at the moment. Uh, well, actually three, because one of them's just been dropped, uh, which is a good news. Um, and I've, I, it's just been so hard because obviously when I, after the, doing the paedophile hunt, I started speaking out with Mark Steele about the 5G also. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, I live up in the northeast of England next to Mark Steele. Um, and what happened then was, in amongst doing all of that, in uncovering the lies about the council, uncovering the paedophiles within the council and the police system. 
I've had SO15 counter-terrorism at my door with assault rifles. Um, I've been arrested, let's say, numerous times. One of my arrests I'll just go on to, and I want to go on to this case as well. So I am up at court on the... Um, read it out here. On the 27th of October, 2021, I stand trial in Newcastle Crown Court. Now, in this case... I put out there uh, because a man got sent to prison, and I'm just going to get this out here. Uh, I'm just going to read it out. So in this article here, it states, Saoirse's radio presenter locked up for having sex with an underage girl. The radio DJ had sex with an underage girl has been put behind bars. Now, Tim, what I mentioned to you, this is in the ongoing court case and my bail conditions. I'm not allowed to mention the man's name. So I'm going to have to miss his name out. However, he's going to get a relevant idea of what the case is about. Um, he was working at a local northeast Tyneside-based uh, station more than a decade ago when the teen victim saw adverts about his programme. Newcastle Crown Court heard he befriended and groomed her after they met and that they went, he went on to have sex with her. He pleaded guilty to, to two offences of sexual activity with a child and one of grooming. The court heard that the victim now feels ashamed, angry and upset at what happened to her. She felt she, had, she felt powerless to stop it. She said in her victim impact statement, I, I have gone through hell with this man. Judge Sarah Mallett said the victim at the time was too young to make an informed decision. And he sentenced him to four years behind bars with a lifelong registration of a sex offender and placed him on a sexual harm prevention order. So now I just want to touch on this this specific case because it's quite vital. Now, in that case, it states that he was locked up for sleeping with a teenager. Now, I'm being locked up. I, I got locked up and I am up on four accounts of malicious communications for contacting this predator. Um. And by the article, as you know, he's been to jail, so he is a predator. I can say that I'll uh, quite openly. Now, in my four counts of malicious communications, I stated that I would light them up to the public, um, which they've used in a term of that I'm going to harm them, set them on fire. In my view of that, because in the, in the context of the message stated that I would light them up to the public by sending leaflets through the doors telling people about your previous crimes. So then for the CBS, the crime, uh, crime Prosecution Service then, to take me to court on an allegation to say that I was going to actually harm this man, considering the past of what I have done during paedophiles. I've never harmed a paedophile in my life, although I've been involved in getting many paedophiles convicted. Um, it was a bit strange that over 20 police officers burst through my door. Um, there was armed police officers there, there was CID, um, just normal bobbies. Um, and then also, they got the forensics out even to come into my home. And I, mean, I don't know what all that was about, but they turned my whole house upside down, they ripped carpets up and everything, all for me exposing a man that's already been to jail. Now, it was a bit strange why all this happened. I got dragged into the police station and I was in there for 36 hours. Now, obviously, they can only keep me in for 24 hours before they need to charge you with something. They did charge us on that offence. However, they'd already interviewed us and they had to release us after the 24 hours. They had to get us on something else. So what they'd done was, with us doing the work with the 5G, and this is what I was saying to you before, how they've interconnected it together. So because I've exposed a paedophile, they then just put a bogus charge onto us and said that I'd been going around setting fire to 5G masts. This isn't the case in any scenario. 
I mean, in the case of that, why would I run for Member of Parliament last year and then this year commit crimes and put myself that much in the public eye and then run around the year after, start setting fire to, to phone masts? I mean, it would be absolutely ridiculous idea of us to do that. So they pulled us in um, on, on after 24 hours and re-arrested us for setting fire to a 5G mast. Now, in that time... It was a bit strange that uh, I was just telling you about before, about times when I've been a bit hurt that there's children being taken out of the houses when I've got these monsters uh, taken off the streets. Now, in this time, I was obviously locked up and I didn't find out until afterwards all this happened. They actually came into the house and arrested my wife also for her, um, what was it, Uh, basically helping out. uh, She's um, an accessory. uh, Yeah, yeah. So she was helping me out and doing what I was doing. Uh, now, so the arrested her. My children were obviously in bed. Now, they give a choice to either get one of her parents to come immediately to come and get the children, or they would have social services on standby to come and, and come and remove my children. All for my exposing a paedophile. So now, at this point, now my children are now being uh, threatened to be taken into social service care because I've exposed a predator. Now, in this... Um, article which i just want to read out i just want to break it down because the reason why i wanted to speak to the uh, predator was not for him grooming a teenager was that he went to groom a teenager had a child with that then teenager and then went on to abuse the, uh, the baby also now i have here a 56 page social services document which you know, the Crown Prosecution Service are stating that I shouldn't really have it and it shouldn't be in my hands. However, it is. And I got it sent by a close family member to this child. And they were wanting this exposed. Now, obviously, I couldn't put this all public, but I am just going to read a little bit of it, of the reason why I wanted to speak to this man. Um, and actually, I just want to touch first. This man, in this case, I was actually friends with before all of this came out as well. I wouldn't say very close friends, but it was an associate of mine where we used to go out on the drink together and we used to go out um, as young lads together. So on the, tw- on the 11th of the 12th, 2012, a section, care, a section 12 of the Child Care Act 1991 was carried out by the Gardaí, this which is the Irish police. At this time, the paedophile investigation unit at the National Bureau of Criminal Investigation Dublin received a report that an undercover policeman in the UK was in an online communications with the male, male believed to be, can't mention his name, who stated that he would sexually abuse his three-year-old girl live on webcam. The same IP address was reported to have been used previously to engage in similar chat where the male had discussed his fantasies of sexually abusing his three-year-old girl. Now, obviously, th- so this is a bit more exclusive now than um, like uh, John was on before. They're saying about, you know, men sleeping with a 15-year-old or something. People can see it where, they, you know, when they've, they've hit puberty, the, you know, the old enough sort of in their mind, um, old enough for their physical body, but just not old enough by consent, by age. Uh, and I do understand that. I do understand that. And that is the reason why you were saying before, Tim, why puberty exists. However, there is the law in place, and that is the law of the yes. land. And we must stick by that because... You know, we've got to put a line in it somewhere. We can't just say, oh, well, once you hit puberty, you, you know, you can go and reproduce that. 
Because, as you know, in the Muslim community, that is going on um, in different countries. And they're marrying girls at nine-year-old right. because nine-year-old girls hit puberty at that point, you know? And that's just not right. That's not right at all. Even though... But you're talking, puberty, about a, no you're talking about a three-year-old. You're talking about a three, you're talking about a three year old, not a nine year old. Even though that's prepubescent too, that's a problem. You're talking about a three yeah. year old child, and it's his child. It's his own child, which is which I know you can look at it any way you want, but that makes it much worse in my eyes. Much worse in my eyes that you can do it your own child. You know, if you can't do that to your own children, what can you do to other people's children? That's my concern. Um, so. I've got another little note here in the 56-page document, and this is uh, the opinion of the forensic psychologist. So not the opinion of Lee Garrett or the opinion of just a police officer. This is an expert, a forensic psychologist, who's delved into this man and sat with him. Now, in the opinion of the forensic psychologist, the father was a risk of sexual harm to his daughter and any other children that he concluded uh, to come into contact with. He possessed many of the characteristics of someone who would represent a risk here we are, harm to pre as well as post pubes and children. So babies as well as just children and teenagers. The findings was that the, those people with a history of sexual thoughts and behaviour demonstrated by the father in the assessment were more likely than others to engage with sexual contact with children. His admission of intimate contact with the mother prior to her 16th birthday indicated that he was able to ignore the fact that she was a child and to engage, engage in sexually inappropriate behaviour with a minor. The assessment found that he had demonstrated the desire and capacity to engage sexually fully with a child and that he possessed the capability to override social convention and act upon his sexual urges with the child. The assessment found that the, uh, that he should be, be considered a risk of children, uh, a risk of sexual harm to children in general, and mostly his daughter. So, I mean that there, and I, I mean I read it out in the article before there that he got four year in prison. So he got four year in prison for sleeping with the mother of the child who he went to rape. Now, in this case, obviously the police are trying. I'm actually facing jail for this case for outing this. Just got to bear that in mind. I'm actually looking at jail. So this man's out in the streets, free to walk or run the streets after he's acted upon these sick, satanic acts. Um, and yet I'm facing jail and taken away from my children who I've kept safe and looked after from the day they've been born. He tried to abuse his own daughter. I don't know if, if he actually did or what's went on, but obviously that's a matter for the police to find out. Um, but obviously the social services report here states that he went to sexually abuse his three-year-old girl on webcam. And the forensic psychologist has said he's a risk to all children. Why is that man living next to two schools, yet I'm facing prison? I mean, it's unbelievable. And for them to arrest my wife in that time, my wife's never been arrested in her life. Very straight-going woman, works, you know, keeps her head down. Just, just a brilliant mother. I mean, what? I just want to give her a shout to my wife. What a woman to put up with all of this stuff, to put up with me having to stand up and social services having to keep coming to the door to check on my children, to have police keep coming to the door, keeping arresting me, taking me away, court cases, um, facing jail sentences, and just standing by through, standing by me through all of this because her, she, uh, her and herself can see the bigger picture of what I'm actually trying to do here. So, but back onto the case. Um, so after I was arrested, they dragged me in um, and they kept me in there. Try, threatening us with jail, trying to question us. 
Now, I've already been to court for this, and I was up, obviously, like I said, for malicious communications. Now, this guy is out of prison now. So he's free to roam the streets. He's got out. He's got a load of money, hundreds of thousands of pounds this guy's got. He's just went and bought a brand-new 2020 plate um, BMW, driving around the streets. And his name has actually been changed. So they've given him a fake name, put him back in the area where he was, where everyone knew him in the first place. And everyone just was just quiet on the matter. It was just as if nothing had happened, you know. So we've got a guy who's got with a, got with a child, so I'll say, got with a teenager, child, groomed her as a child. And Stacey said that she's actually come out herself and said that. Had a child with that child. And then went on to abuse the baby. I mean, it's... And I'm the one facing prison for this, Tim. I mean, can you see the logic in that? No, there is There is no logic. And I think people in the chat room see that too. There is no logic when you're going... It would be Look, we have reports where we talk about uh, policemen who are involved in this, running pedophile rings and all kinds of things. And people say, can't you tell some good stories? Yeah, can't you tell some good stories? And I'm like, well, <clears throat> they have cops. <laughs> that's the show. I said that's all. That's their that's their outlet. You don't see any bad cops on there. You see all these stories where they take down the bad guys or allegedly take down the bad guys. And you've got all these things that are put out there. I said, but you've got to bring justice, <clears throat> not only among the citizenry, but those entrusted to uphold the law. It's their job to do that. So when they violate the public trust, when they go after our children, when they when they abuse adults, I mean, we've got stories where they abuse adults, where they execute them for no good reason when there's no threat against them. And this isn't all cops. So please, people, don't sit here and paint me as somebody doing it. I think the good cops know that what we're doing and pointing out these things, they would sit there and point the finger at it, too. In fact, they've many of them have commented on that, that they would point the same thing. So it's really ridiculous that a man like yourself, who puts yourself at risk, um, not just from any kind of threats from from people, but just what you talked about about seeing images or or, or you know even engaging in that kind of conversation uh, online where some of those things are being said in order to bring these guys to justice. I mean, you're putting yourself on the line and here they are treating you like you're committing some kind of crime by saying when you're going to light them up in public, I, you know, I would, I would think that you're knowing what you're doing. You're saying, I'm going to expose you to the community. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to show them who you are. So they'll all, they'll all be aware because they have children and they want to care for their children and they don't want you to be a predator on their child. And yet that's not yeah, the case. Exactly. They're going after you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what's going on. So, actually, like I say, with the social services side of things, um, I have literally, I've had social services turn up four times to my home, um, two in the middle of the night, where obviously it's in the middle of the night, so social services don't come. Um, it's normally the police. Now, the police have came into my home late at night, knocking on my door and asking if they can um, come in to, to check the children are in bed, make sure they're okay. Now, obviously, I've got nothing to hide, so... I'm a bit get, gets me back up a little bit. That police knocking on my door late in the night, but I understand social services. You know they've got an issue. They've maybe got a call that I'm uh, putting my children at risk or whatever. Um, and the, the, they're just there doing that job at the end of the day. Like you've just said, they're, they're not all bad police officers. Now these police officers have got a call to say that there could potentially be ch- children in danger. Now these guys are only coming and doing that job, wanting to check to make sure these children are safe. So I've let them in. 
numerous times now uh, on the two occasions, let them in, and they've came into my house. And the report that they've sent back to social services refutes everything that social services have ever said about us um, or what's been said about us to social services by other people. Because the police report actually states that my house is nice and clean, tidy, it's a lovely family environment, that the children were tucked up in bed, um, and that there's no issues at all. So for them to continue with this every time, um, social services is another one. Um, my, my children go to the same school, primary school that I went to. Now, I know all the teachers um, in that primary school. Um, my sister actually works in that school also. And my children um, having to get social workers coming out in the school to drag them out of lessons to go and speak to them about me out in paedophiles. I mean, it, it's so hard for like, why are my children even going through that? Why are they, my children don't know what I do. I don't boast about what I do to my children. I keep it away from them. All the stuff that I do, I keep away from my children. Children are innocent in all of this. But however, there's just so many corruption, so much corruption inside of these, inside the establishment and inside of all levels of power that sort of put pressure and they use that as pure pressure against anyone who speaks out. And that's a real, real concern to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a concern to me. I think it's a concern to those who are listening, whether by radio or <clears throat> by uh, video. And I think this is why we wanted to have you come on, Lee, is to tell the story here, because I know there's some people who listen to the UK up near your area and uh, they stand with you. Uh, in fact, we had a comment early on when you came on and they saw your face. They said, Lee Garrett is a hero. They said that about John Wedger. We had several people. They know your work. And uh, we've got about a, a little bit less than a minute here left in the show. And then I, um, when we close out the show, give me a few seconds to cut off the stream. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk just a little bit. But tell people where they can find out more about you. I'm going to show them your website uh, where they can go and, and just tell people a little bit about that. You've got about 40 seconds or so. Well, I, I, Tim, I just want to really direct everybody to my website because I'm not going to put any of my social medias on because I'm being closed down from Facebook, YouTube, Twitter on a regular scale. I'm, I'm sick of making accounts up and keep getting censored. So I've made my website. I'm going to start doing all of my work is going to start being on there. Um, I'm going to start uploading all my videos from there. And Every bit of information about anything that I do will be uploaded onto my website. So if everyone can just go onto there, leegarrett-thetruth.com. And if you look underneath the menu bar that's up on the screen there, there's a little face um, where you can actually sign up on my website and make a, a profile. And you actually go on the forum on there and post your own content. So anyone that wants to use that for their self to post their own content, feel okay. free. All right. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate your time. Appreciate what you're doing. God bless you, brother. Guys, we'll God see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Kate Shimrani. Adios.